0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Magnify you, oh, God. oh, hallelujah, I love the Lord. How about you? 18 Psalms, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. He's my buckler and he's the horn of my salvation. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. He is worthy of our praise today. and He's as close as the mention of his name. And it is such a joy to be back at Hatch Bend Apostolic Church. We just love all of you so very much. And uh, looking forward to what God is going to do this afternoon in Madison. The presence of the Lord has been moving the last few nights. And we appreciate all your support and prayers for that congregation. And I just know God has something special for us today. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of St. Luke, the fourth chapter, and we're going to begin at the 32nd verse, and we're going to read down to verse number 37, St. Luke chapter 4, verse number 32, we're going to read down to verse number 37. Do do want to take a moment, give honor to your fine pastor, appreciate these precious people, praying for them. For their strength and re- their recovery, we solicit your prayers for my sons. Not been feeling well for about a week, and so pray for him. Pray for my wife; she can carry out uh, taking care of the sick baby. How I many mamas in the house know that can be just as painful as being sick yourself? And so remember them and your prayers. They wanted to be here so bad. Uh, Saint Luke chapter four, verse number thirty-two. And the scripture tells us this, and they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man, which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. When the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. Verse 36 says, And they were all amazed, and they spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. The fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. Here Jesus cast out a devil out of this man. And then it tells us the response of the people. When they saw what had just taken place, they turned to one another and they were amazed. They were astonished. And they said, what a word was that. And that's what I want to preach to us for a little while on today. What a word. What a word. Word, Can we lift our hands? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, your spirit is already here. We can feel you moving in this sanctuary. God, we're praying that you would anoint your word. God, speak to every heart, minister to every soul. God, we give you praise and thanks in advance for what you are doing in our midst and what you are going to do before this service is over. God, we give you all praise, give you all glory, give you all honor in the name that's above every other name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor give him a high ten. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Well, it was at the very beginning of this fourth chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, and it is the very onset of the ministry of Jesus Christ. At this time, there were not many who even knew who he was. And there had been no miraculous reports. There had been no supernatural experiences. There had been no heavenly outpourings. But yet it tells us that Jesus was in the wilderness and he was on a 40 day fast. Not four days, but 40 days. You may be different than me, but when I go on a fast, everything starts sounding good. Fried chicken sounds so good. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches start sounding so good. Old, outdated, expired, saltine crackers start sounding so good. And I can only imagine 40 days without anything to eat, I can just feel what Jesus was dealing with, this hunger that had gripped a hold of him. But while he was fasting and praying, we find that the devil appeared to him. When the devil came, he began to tempt and said, If you are really the Son of God, why don't you take these stones and turn them into bread? And when he said that, Jesus responded back, And said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It wasn't long after that. The enemy tried yet again. He took him to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, no doubt showed him the fame and the popularity that he could offer. The entertainment and the enjoyment of everything that the world has. And simply said, if you would just bow down and worship me, I will give you whatever you desire. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And just like the first time, Jesus responded again. and said, no, it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And yet the third time, the devil tries another tactic, takes him to the pinnacle of the temple and begins to tempt him and say, if you are who you say you are, if you really are the Son of God, if you really are God manifest in the flesh, why don't you jump off this temple and let your angels come and rescue you? And Jesus responded the same way he did the first two times. He said, No, Satan, it is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus came with a ready response. It is written. There's something to be said about speaking the right word at the right time. Solomon said in Proverbs 25 and 11, he said, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. The devil only has an imitation of what God can do. The devil tries to confuse, but God knows how to enlighten. Uh, The devil knows how to frighten, but God knows how to reassure. The devil knows how to discourage, but God knows how to encourage. The devil only knows how to push, but God knows how to lead. The devil knows how to condemn, but God knows how to forgive. He operates in a way that's higher than anything the adversary can give. And so we find him fasting and now resisting three different times the temptation of the enemy. Then in the 16th verse, it says that as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And the service was in progress and... They turned it over to Jesus, and Jesus got up and began to preach. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm not sure if they understood, but Jesus was getting ready to speak a word. I don't know if they recognized it or not, if they just thought it was another mundane message, if they thought it was just more religious rhetoric, if they thought it was just another simple sermon. But this day was not like every other day. Jesus was about to speak a word straight from the portals of glory. And there was something about a word from God. A word from God can do what nothing else can. A word from God is more intoxicating than being drunk. A word from God is higher than the nirvana you can get from a drug. A word from God is richer than a job promotion. A word from God is more illuminating than a Ph.D. A word from God, it can change your life. It can alter your destiny. It can brighten your future. Just one single solitary word from God. Just one word. See, is in Matthew, the eighth chapter. We find Jesus surrounded by a group of men. While he was surrounded, there came a soldier, a centurion soldier. And when he approached Jesus, he began to tell him his problem. He said, Jesus, I'm in a predicament. I have someone at home that is sick. Sick to the point that it looks like they may even die. And I've tried. I'm a man of authority. I can tell somebody to do it, and they'll do it. I can tell somebody to go, they'll go. I can tell somebody to come here, and they'll come. I'm one that's been successful, done well in my life, but now I can't fix this situation. My money cannot fix the situation My prestige cannot fix the situation. My title cannot fix the situation. Jesus, I don't really know what else to do. So I just came to where you were at. Would you please pray for my servant? And when he asked that, Jesus immediately responded. and said, well, I will come to your house, and I will pray for the one that is sick. And when Jesus said that, this soldier responded back, He said, no, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. I don't need some kind of production, but I know the power you possess. I know the miracles that take place. I know the healings that happen and the supernatural stories that are shared. And Jesus, the only thing I'm asking you to do, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 8, he said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. That's all I'm needing you to do. Just speak the word only, and I know it will be fixed jesus stood there and said i've never seen so much faith and he began to pray that prayer and when that soldier went home and when he arrived in his house the man that was sick was no longer sick the one that was down was now up the one that was in pain was now cured and when that soldier asked he said when did he get better When did he get up out of his bed? When did the pain begin to vanish? And they said it was the same time that Jesus spoke that word. It was that same hour. See, when Jesus spoke the word, the word beat him before he got home. The word already was the remedy for the situation, the word was already the solution for his predicament. All it took was for Jesus to speak the word, and before he got back home, everything was fine. Psalm 107.20 said he sent his word and he healed them. He sent his word and he delivered them. And Jesus was standing in Luke chapter 4 giving a word from God. And yet the people did not receive it. They went beyond not receiving it. They actually kicked him out of the church. And then when they kicked him out of the synagogue, they tried to take his life Somebody said, that's a revival gone bad. They didn't just not like his preaching. They expelled him from the church, and then they tried to take his life. That's a rough day. But Jesus left that synagogue, and we find him going to another synagogue, and then he stands up and begins to preach again. So now we know he's been fasting for 40 days, He's resisted the temptation from the devil three different times. He preaches to a bunch of knuckleheads in one church, and then he goes over and preaches in another synagogue. You can tell the day's starting to get long. And while he is preaching, while he is giving his sermon, the Bible says there was a man that was possessed by an unclean spirit. And this man began to stand up and began to scream, and holler, and make a scene. And this man began to holler, and began to yell, and he began to act a fool, and he tried to distract what Jesus was doing. That's the way the enemy works. He will try to distract us from the word that's being spoken. Not long ago, we ran a service, and uh, we had went through praise and worship, and God's spirit had moved in such a tremendous way and finally came time for the preaching and so I got up and began to begin my sermon and while I was at the very onset of my sermon I noticed a man come in the back door of the church. He kind of caught my attention because he wore these real short shorts, real Daisy Duke shorts and You know, the people that ought to never wear the short shorts is the people that always wear the short shorts. And so he caught my attention, Pastor Bird, and so I tried not really to look at him too much and just kept right on with the sermon. Well, I I must have made some point in the sermon that he really liked. He was sitting on the very last row. When I when I made that point, he just couldn't handle it. He jumped up out of his seat, threw his hand in the air, and said, Bingo. Well, I don't normally hear bingo in church, but okay. <laughs> we just keep riding on rolling. That's all right. And so I just kept on preaching. And the longer I preached, the more in the service this brother got. He he kind of moved out of the back row. He got about to the center section, found himself a seat. And I went to say the next point, and he had all he could handle. He jumped up, threw his hand in the air, and did a little jig. He said, bingo, 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 bingo. It's hard to keep people's attention, ladies and gentlemen, when they're dancing and they're doing a jig, shouting bingo. Bingo. So I just closed my eyes and started preaching. Come on, preacher. Sometimes you just got to close your eyes and keep preaching. I should have never closed my eyes because when I opened them, he was standing right in front of me. He started doing cheerleader kicks. Bingo! Bingo! You know how hard it is to give an altar call when you got somebody doing cheerleader kicks at the front, hollering, bingo! Bingo! But see, that's how the adversary works. He tries to distract us. He tries to disillusion us. And ultimately, he'll try to destroy us. He tries to steal the show. That's how he works. He tries to take the spotlight away from the Lord and put it on him. And that's what he was trying to do in Luke chapter 4. This devil spoke up, began to holler, and began to shake, and began to scream. I'm going to tell you, that'll liven up a Sunday morning service. Give me a demon possession. That'll get everybody paying attention. Because just as sure as it will happen, you know what will take place, everybody will start looking at the man. And that's exactly what happened in Luke chapter 4. They stopped listening to what Jesus was saying, and they started looking at this man that was creating a scene that was starting some kind of ruckus. He was acting a fool, saying, I know who he is. I know who he is. I know who he is. And Jesus looked at him and said one line. He said, come out of him, and just kept on preaching. And when Jesus had come out of him, that man hit the ground, and he was no longer possessed by those spirits. He was no longer tormented in his mind. He was no longer plagued in his soul. He was no longer messed up in his spirit. And when they saw what Jesus did, They kind of turned to each other and said, Wow, he didn't need a two-hour dissertation on casting out devils. He didn't stop and do a Bible study on how to cast out evil spirits. He just looked at the man and spoke the word. And when he spoke the word, that man was in his right mind. Uh, hey, I'm gonna tell you all it takes is for Jesus to speak the word, uh, and when the word comes, it doesn't matter what you are facing, doesn't matter the storm that's raging, uh, doesn't matter the attacks of the adversary, the onslaught from the enemy. Uh, when Jesus speaks the word, he can remedy any situation. And mark the fourth chapter that we find the disciples were on board a boat. And while they were on board this boat, Jesus spoke to them and said, "Let's pass over to the other side." And so they simply got on and set themselves on this journey. But while they were out on the water, the Bible says a storm began to rage, and the rain began to fall. And the lightning began to flash. And the waves began to roar. It got so bad. It got so ugly that that boat began to rock back and forth. And on board were professional fishermen. On board were men who had been through their fair share of storms. But this day was not like every other storm that came before this day when that storm started raging and that thunder started roaring and that lightning started flashing and that boat was going every which way, somebody began to cry out in a panic, somebody cried out in desperation and said, we're going to die on this water. Somebody find Jesus and find him right now. Let's look for him. Let's find out where he's at and so they began to search the boat. They went down to the bottom of the ship. And when they got down to the bottom of the ship, there was Jesus. He was sound asleep. And when they saw him sleeping, they got all upset. They got all up in arms. And they woke him up. And they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? But really, what they said, some of us have said. When we start going through something, when we start dealing with sickness, that you don't know what the end is going to be. When you lose your job and when the family begins to crumble and slip through your fingers and the marriage is on the brink of collapse, I found myself saying those very same words Jesus, are you still watching over me? Jesus, are you still in control of my life? Jesus, do you know the problems going on in the church? Jesus, do you know the issues that we're facing and the crisis that I'm dealing with? They said, Master, do you even care that we're going to perish? What kind of question is that for the Lord? Of course he cares. He's a caring Christ. He's a compassionate Christ. He's a considerate Christ. They wanted to know, Jesus, do you care? Do you know what we are facing? Do you know what my kids are going through? I don't have the solution. I don't have the remedy. I don't know how to get my life back in order. I don't know if there's ever going to be any light at the end of the tunnel. My heart is broken. My mind is weary. My life has been shattered. It looks like all is done. Jesus, do you care? Jesus got up, walked out on the deck of the ship, and spoke three words. He said, peace be still. And when he said, peace be still, the lightning quit flashing, and the thunder quit rolling, and the rain quit falling, and the waves quit roaring, and the boat quit rocking, and when the disciples saw what had just taken place, they turned to each other. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Obey his what? It obeys his word. When Jesus speaks the word, does not matter what you face. When Jesus speaks the word, does not matter what the sickness is. When Jesus speaks the word, I want to tell you, He's got all power in heaven and in earth. He can put a stop to the attacks. He can bring peace to where there's confusion. He can bring joy where there's depression. He can bring healing to where there is sickness. All it takes is for him to speak one word. They couldn't believe that when he spoke, that man was delivered. He just spoke one line, and he was in his right mind. And Jesus left that synagogue. Now we understand he'd been fasting 40 days. He's been resisting the devil three different times. He's preached in one synagogue where he was rejected where he was disregarded, and ultimately where he was kicked out. He had his life threatened. Murder was attempted. And then he preaches in another synagogue, and the devil begins to make an appearance, and Jesus cast out an evil spirit. And verse number 40 says, The sun was beginning to set. You talk about a long day, brother. That was a long day. You ever had long days before? Didn't think you were ever going to be able to leave the job. Didn't think you were ever going to be able to get out of school. Didn't think you were ever going to get through your problems. Didn't think you were ever going to lay your head on the pillow at night. Jesus, yes, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And knowing what he went through on that particular day, his body had to be exhausted. His mind had to to be weary. He had to be ready to lay his head and rest for a little while. But in this 40th verse it says that the sun was setting and the people heard that Jesus was nearby and they brought All manner of men, men that were sick, men that were bound, men that were held captive, and they came that Jesus might touch them and Jesus might pray for them. And so here is Jesus, and he sees the needs of all the people. It's overwhelming when you think about the needs of all the people. He looks out and he sees the ones that are sick the ones that are facing adversity, the ones that are bound, the ones that are discouraged, the ones that are depressed. And Jesus looks into all these people waiting for him. I wouldn't have blamed him. I would have said it would have been absolutely okay if Jesus would have said, you know I'm going to speak one word and the word's going to hit everybody at the same time and when I speak the word, you receive it. But that's not what he did. The Bible said he laid his hands on every one of them. You know why he does that? Because he cares about us collectively, but he cares about you individually. And he's not too busy. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to speak to somebody right now. He's not too busy that he cannot minister to your need. He's not too preoccupied that he can't give you a word that is just for you. He's, he's in control of the universe. He's hanging the planets in orbit. He's naming every star. He's seeing the sparrow when it falls. He's counting the number of hairs that are on our head. But he's not too busy that he can't see you and your circumstance and give you exactly what you want, give you exactly what you need, give you exactly what your heart is crying out for. I wonder for a moment if we can raise our hands to heaven. Oh, the music's getting ready to come. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord here today. I feel the touch of God in this room right now. Oh in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name. It wasn't long ago and I'm getting ready to close. I was in a service and uh, I'd gotten there just a few minutes early and so I was shaking people's hands and telling them it's nice to see them and church and so I was kind of making my way from the back of the church to the front of the church and and I noticed there was a, a young lady sitting on the second row, uh, not very old, maybe 12, 13 years old at the most, and I noticed that she had some crutches laying beside her, and uh, she had a disease, and uh, somebody helped me, multiple, help me now somebody, multiple sclerosis. And so it was causing her a lot of pain, and uh, she was suffering, and I don't know. I just kind of went over to where she was sitting. I shook her hand and I said, You know, the Lord's going to heal you tonight. And as soon as I said it, I thought, Oh my goodness, what did I just say? You ever said something and you got good intentions, but it just kind of came out the wrong way? And I thought, Oh my Lord, I'm the preacher. And I just told her God's going to heal her. And she smiled and she said, Oh, I'm ready. So I, I go up on the platform. Preachers and I'm kind of praying. I said, "Oh God, I don't. I didn't want to step out of line. I don't know why I said it like that. I should have said. I should have said the Lord can heal you. I should have maybe phrased it a little bit better. I shouldn't have said the Lord's going to heal you tonight." So said, "I'm praying," and they start a worship service, and I'm saying, "God, I need you to help me." And if I ever heard the voice of God, I heard it that night. He said, don't you believe my word is true? I thought, oh. See, we can say he's the healer. But then when you put it on the line that he's the healer, it's a whole other story. And so I'm up on the platform. I start repenting. I said, oh, God, forgive me for my lack of faith. Forgive me for not believing that you have the power to do it. And so we preached, and I really kind of forgot about the young lady, and so I was praying for different ones in the altar, and as I was praying for different ones in the altar, I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder, and I turned around, it was that young lady standing there, and she was standing there without any crutches. She looked at me. She said, I want to tell you that when the altar call was given, I came to the front, and I said, God, I know you spoke a word to me, and I receive it. And she said, as I was standing there, she said, nobody prayed for me. Nobody laid their hand on my head, but I felt something surge through my body. She said, i got to be honest with you. I'm standing here without any crutches. I'm standing here without any kind of pain. And I'm telling everybody in my school what just happened to me. God has just healed my body. God has performed a miracle in my life. We went back to that same church, stand with me, stand with me. We went back to that church about a year later. That same young girl met me at the door. She said, you remember that service about a year ago? God healed me completely. I went to my doctors. They said, you don't have multiple sclerosis anymore. Something happened to you? You know what happened to her? She said, God gave me a word. Sometimes what we have to do, we have to stand with our shoulders squared and our head lifted high and say, I know God has spoke to me. I know God cares about me and God knows what I'm going through and God knows what I'm facing. And I believe that even on this Sunday morning, God, what you spoke, I can apply to my heart and my life. I know your word is true. Oh, I wonder today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, as the music begins to play. Father, you know every situation in this house. You know every circumstance. You know every crisis. Hey, Santa Mama. Hey, uh, Yes, Lord. Come on, ma'am. God knows what you're facing. The Lord's speaking to you right now. God said, I've seen the tears that you've cried. I've watched you lay your head on the pillow at night, wondering where I was at, wondering if it was going to get any better. God's speaking to you right now. He has you in the palm of his hand. He is speaking to you clearly and emphatically today. Uh, trust me. Uh, trust my word that I have spoken to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray from the front to the back and from the left to the right. God, you know exactly what to do. You know how to move. You know how to step in. You know how to intervene. God, I pray your word would open up from heaven and you would speak to us. God, it would minister to our hearts right now. Oh, in Jesus' name. Is there somebody today you would step out of where you're standing? You make your way down to an altar. Say, God, I know this is for me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, would you like to come down to the altar for a few moments? Come on, why don't we step out of where we're standing? God is trying to speak to us today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, friend of mine. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Jesus knows where we're at. Jesus knows what's going on. The storm may be raging, but he still cares. Ha ha. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, intercessors. Somebody needs a word from God. Somebody needs encouragement. Somebody needs a blessing. Somebody needs a touch from the Lord. Woo! Come on, why don't you find somebody? Lay your arm on their shoulder. Come on, why don't you find somebody and pray for them? God's gonna do it. God's gonna answer. God's gonna move. God's gonna show up. Woo! Now see it. Hallelujah to God. He's got a word for you. He's got a word for you. He's got a word for you. I'll tell your mama Haya.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.